Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd like to say thank you to Douglas Campbell, who gave a donation to the podcast. And I'd also like to say thank you to Colin Johnson, who became my newest patron. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. I make four podcasts a week. From John to Justin every Friday, Coast to Coast every Thursday, Canada's Great War every Sunday, and this one every Wednesday and Saturday. And it's a lot of work. And I do it full time, so every dollar you give helps keep it all going. And you can be a patron for as little as $3, and you can make a donation for as little as $5. And it's all appreciated. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. For centuries, the area around Okotoks was an important place for the Blackfoot. The Blackfoot had occupied the region long before Europeans ever arrived, following the bison as the herds moved in massive numbers through the entire area. Due to the proximity of the area to the mountains, it also served as an important link to the mountains and the indigenous tribes within the interior of British Columbia. The most important part of the indigenous culture in the area was without a doubt the Okotok, which is the Blackfoot name for rock. This refers to the immense glacial erratic that sits just to the west of town, and it is from this rock that Okotoks gets its name. The rock was an important stopping place for the indigenous, as it served as a marker to find the river crossing that was situated near present-day Okotoks. The story of how the rock got there is an interesting one, especially from a historic perspective. Around 12,000 to 17,000 years ago, there was a massive landslide in the Rocky Mountains near present-day Jasper, which dropped millions of tons of quartzite rock onto a glacier. That glacier would slowly move through the Rocky Mountains and then join the giant ice sheets that covered the landscape during the last ice age. These ice sheets flowed across the Okotoks area all the way down to Montana and for eons, those rocks sat in the glacier. As the world warmed and the ice age ended, the ice sheets melted and as they did, those rocks that had been deposited so long ago began to fall onto the landscape along a path now known as the Foothills Erratics Train. This train stretches for 930 kilometers, but it's only 22 kilometers wide. Many of the boulders are small, as small as just one foot, but the largest of them all is the Big Rock near Okotoks. 
measuring at 9 meters tall, 41 meters long, and 18 meters wide, while also weighing 16,500 tons, it's often stated to be the largest glacial erratic in the world, but that might not be the case. One glacial erratic in Germany measures 3 kilometers by 6 kilometers and is 9 meters thick. The Cooking Lake Megablock near Cooking Lake, Alberta covers 10 square kilometers. But while those are impressive, the Big Rock is the most noticeable and the best for getting pictures and visiting. The Big Rock is split down the middle, and the indigenous have a story to explain that. It was on a hot summer day that Nappy, the trickster, rested on the rock because he was tired. He put his robe over the rock and asked the rock to keep the robe in return for letting him rest there. Then it grew cold and windy. Nappy asked for his robe back, but the rock refused. Nappy took his robe nonetheless, and as he walked away he heard a loud sound and saw that the rock was rolling after him. Several animals, including the bison, tried to stop the rock but failed. Nappy then called on the bats for help, who dove at the rock, hitting it and splitting it into two pieces. Hence, how the rock appears to this day. It's also why bats have smushed faces. In 1978, the Big Rock Erratic was made a provincial historic resource and is now protected due to its geological and cultural importance. There is public parking at the site as well as interpretive signs that detail the history of the area, its importance to the indigenous, and the geological history of the rock. If you do visit, don't climb on the rock. It can damage the rock and you can definitely hurt yourself. I visited the Okotoks Erratic this past summer, and I have to say it is something that has to be seen to be believed. It is believed the first European to come through the area was the legendary explorer David Thompson, who visited between 1787 to 1800 while he was looking for a pass through the mountains into the interior of future British Columbia. The area around what would be Okotoks then became an important crossing on the trade route that ran from Fort Benton, Montana, which grew in importance when Fort Calgary was established by the Northwest Mounted Police in 1875. When the railroad came through in 1883, that link, called McLeod Trail because it ran through Fort McLeod, only grew in importance again, and with it, the area around Big Rock. There's evidence that shows this trail was actually used long before Europeans as well, and could have been used as a pathway for the indigenous moving along the route from the Yukon to New Mexico as much as 10,000 years ago. The McLeod Trail cultural landscape can actually be explored in Okotoks. A parcel of land north of Elma Street and south of Mountain Street was once used by settlers to journey along McLeod Trail. You can walk in the steps of settlers and traders from over 100 years ago along this path in Okotoks. This parcel of land is one of the last remaining undisturbed and consolidated lands of the McLeod Trail in all of southern Alberta. The path is located in Linehan Park, and in 2020 it became a municipal heritage resource. Government leasing of land began in 1880, and by 1882, the first settlers were arriving. A stopping house was established near Sheep Creek by Kenneth Cameron in an area that would become known as Cameron Crossing. John McMillan would also set up a stopping house for travelers, which would become the post office in 1884. The community would slowly begin to grow over the course of the next decade. One interesting fact is that Okotoks is not the original name. Prior to 1892, the small community was known as Sheep Creek, after the waterway that goes through the area. In 1892, the name was changed to Dudney in honor of Edgar Dudney, who was Lieutenant Governor of the Northwest Territories at the time. That name would remain until 1896, when it was discovered there was an older settlement called Dudney, located in the lower mainland of British Columbia. During those four years, the community would become a village, 
And finally, businessman John Lanahem, who was also a member of the Legislative Assembly of the Northwest Territories, suggested the name of Okotoks after the Blackfoot word for the Big Rock. Lanahem was an important part of the early community, and he would run the Lanahem Lumber Company that employed 100 people and produced 30,000 board feet of lumber per day. He also played a role in Alberta's history when he made the first oil strike in the history of Western Canada in 1902 at the Waterton National Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Amazingly, you can still visit a building from that very early history of the community when Okotoks went by a different name. The Okotoks Post Office was built in the fall and winter of 1890 and opened in 1891 with Herbert Bowen serving as the postmaster. In 1892, the building was purchased by John Patterson, who served as the postmaster until 1909 when he passed away. Today, the Okotoks Post Office building is one of the oldest in the entire community and one of the oldest business locations in the community as well. The building was also the first building in the commercial district along North Railway Street, and it was around this building that the commercial nucleus of Okotoks would develop. Due to its historic nature and the development of the community, the building was made a municipal heritage resource in 2019. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call one 866 285-2253. On June 1, 1904, the town of Okotoks was incorporated. Two years after Okotoks became a village, the community would see the construction of the Okotoks Methodist Church on three parcels of land, one donated by the town and two by John Lineham. At the time, the community was booming, and it was felt that the church would be a great addition to the town. In 1917, the Methodist and Presbyterian congregations united into one congregation, 
And since the Methodist Church was larger, it became the Okotoks United Church. That church stands to this day and you can visit it and see quite a unique building that played a role in the history of the community. Due to its importance in the history of Okotoks, the church was made a Municipal Heritage Resource in 2019. Around this same time that the community was starting to grow, an interesting event would happen. A Mrs. Tillotson was preparing a goose for a meal, and she would discover a gold nugget in the bird. This resulted in claims that there was gold along the Sheep River, and several claims were marked near the Sheep River Bridge. This extremely brief gold rush was not productive, and the nugget found in the goose was the first and only nugget of gold found. At the end of June 1915, Okotoks would be hit by one of the worst floods in its history, when the Bow River rose 5 feet at a rate of 4 inches per hour. In Calgary, the flood was so bad it took the Centre Street Bridge with it. In Okotoks, the flood caused a complete washout of the gas mains, which stopped all natural gas going into Calgary. The CPR would also suffer a serious washout of its line near Okotoks, which would stop train service from going over the area. The Sheep Creek had gone over its banks and took the train tracks with it, and it was impossible to start work on the line until the waters receded. It would then take another two days after that to get the track repaired and have service resumed. One interesting fact about the flood is that 200 flat cars of rock were brought in from the Frank Slide in Crowsnest Pass, which had occurred just over a decade previous, in order to prevent further flooding in town. The Vancouver province would report, quote, Sheep Creek running through the oil district and town of Okotoks has changed from a placid streamlet to a flooded river covering the main street of Okotoks with water and washing out of the CPR tracks between Okotoks and Sandstone, the next station to the north. End quote. In 1929, the CPR had been around for some time in the area, and with the first train station being built in 1892. By 1908, the community had developed an interesting tradition that included welcoming newlyweds at the train station with the Okotoks band. That original station would sadly be lost to fire in 1928, but a new station, a bigger and better one, was built in 1929 at a cost of nearly $20,000 or $310,000 today. This new station, the only brick one along the CPR line, would operate until 1971 when the last train stopped in Okotoks. The station would close the following year, but it would find new life in 1981 when it became the Cultural and Tourist Information Centre. Today it is the Okotoks Art Gallery, and it can be visited to this day so you can find a glimpse of the past and some great art. In 1958, Calgary implemented mixed drinking, which allowed women to drink in the same bars as men. The decision to do that would result in a sharp drop-off of traffic leading to the city between 10.30pm and 11pm as a result. The reason was that drinkers were now going to Okotoks, where mixed drinking wasn't allowed, as well as the other communities of Cochrane and Airdrie. The decision to allow mixed drinking came about as a result of the 1957 Alberta Liquor Plebiscite as question B. That portion of the plebiscite passed by a margin of 4 to 1 to allow mixed drinking in the major cities. It would not be until 1967 that the Alberta government abolished gender-based segregation of bars for the rest of the province. In 1966, one of the most famous men of the 20th century, Robert Kennedy, visited Okotoks while in the area to open the Calgary Stampede and attend a CFL game. Not only would he attend the St. James Roman Catholic Church, he would also visit the Bell Ranch near Okotoks, where his children were presented with Canadian centennial flags. In 1998, Okotoks put in a population cap to hold its population at 30,000 people. That cap was put in place when the population was half the cap amount. 
By 2011, the population had reached 24,962 people, thanks to the immense growth in Alberta from the oil industry. Originally, the Sheep River could only handle a population of 32,000 as a water supply, but with new regional water systems coming into play, and water coming from other sources, including the Bow River, that cap would be lifted, as it was in 2012. Okotoks has had several hockey stars come from the community, and it has a long and amazing sports history. One of the most successful sports teams to come from Okotoks is, without a doubt, the Okotoks Dogs. The baseball team got its start in 1995 as an elite youth travel team. In 2003, the team joined the Western Canadian Baseball League, and within one year proved itself to be one of the best teams the league had ever seen. In 2004, the team won its first WCBL championship. It would then win three championships in a row from 2007 to 2009. Since the formation of the WCBL in 1931, only five other teams have accomplished the feat of winning three championships in a row. The team would also win its fourth championship in 2019, and two players from the Dogs have also gone on to play in the major leagues as well. Any visit to Okotoks is not complete without seeing one of the best teams in the history of the league play. I tend to focus on the past with this podcast, but I'm going to look to the future a bit now. The Drake Landing Solar Community is a planned community in Okotoks that uses a central solar heating system and other energy-efficient technology. The community features several homes heated through solar heating systems. The solar energy is captured by 800 solar thermal collectors, and it is the first solar-powered subdivision in North America. In 2012, the community set a world record by covering 97% of its space heating needs with solar energy, and in 2016 it met 100% of its heating needs with solar energy. If you want to learn more about the history of Okotoks, then visit the Okotoks Museum and Archives. Established in 2000, the museum features many artifacts from the past of Okotoks. The museum also features several ongoing exhibits, along with other programs that bring the history of the area to life. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the community of Okotoks. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Jeff Dahl. Vobs. Robert Page, Richard D, Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W, Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.